Welcome to A New Creation. I'm Phyllis and thank you for joining me today. Every episode of A New Creation is commissioned by the Holy Spirit. It is new and it is from God. We face so many things in this life, so many things in the world today that are all competing for our attention. And if we're not careful, these things sometimes will make us miss what should be our main focus. In the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 40 through 42, and I'm going to read the Berean study version of the scripture. And it reads, But Martha was distracted about much service. And having come up, she said, Lord, is it not concerning to you that my sister has left me alone to serve? Therefore speak to her that she might help me. And the Lord answering said to her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary, only one, for Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Did you hear that? The scripture begins by describing Martha's point of view, her mindset. And it was that she was distracted. Even though she was serving, she was distracted. And because of that, she approached Jesus in an attempt to get Mary to join her in what she was doing. And in many instances, probably Mary would have joined her with having the same point of view or the same mindset. But instead, Jesus had a very interesting response to Martha. He said, one thing is necessary, only one. And he said that was what Mary had chosen. Now let's take a look at that, that combination of words, one thing. That caught my attention. And I looked into scripture for instances of one thing. I started with Psalm chapter 27 and it's verse number four. And it reads, and it's the New King James Version of the scripture. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in his house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. See, that was the one thing that David focused on in this psalm. Now let's take another instance of one thing in the scripture. It can be found in John chapter 9 and it's verse 25. And it's the International Standard Version of the scripture. And it reads, But he responded, I don't know whether he is a sinner or not. The one thing I do know is that I used to be blind and now I can see. Now this was a blind man that the Pharisees and Sadducees were asking him about Jesus. Because this man was born blind. But listen to what he said. He said, the one thing I do know is that I used to be blind and now I see. See, in these instances, starting with Jesus saying the one thing when he was referring to Mary. And then David mentioning it when he was referring to the Lord. And then the blind man who had received his sight mentioned it when he was speaking of the Lord Jesus, 
we should focus on the one thing that is important to the Lord that he pointed out to Martha and he's pointing it out to us. Now let's go back to that scripture again in the book of Luke. When Jesus is speaking to Martha, the latter part of the scripture, he said, for Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. The good portion. What is the good portion? The good portion is that Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus and to hear his words, to meditate on his word, to pull from him the wisdom that he was sharing. That's the good portion. And that's what Jesus was speaking of when he said it wouldn't be taken away from her. See, the good portion that Mary discovered which is also the one thing, was to be in his presence. She understood the importance of being in the presence of the Lord. Because when she chose the good portion, she chose to honor the Lord Jesus, to submit to the Lordship of Jesus, to worship the Lord Jesus. That is the good portion. And Jesus said that wouldn't be taken away from her. And it won't be taken away from us, those of us who also chooses to take part and partake in the good portion. Today's episode of Phyllis's New Creation is one thing. Now, let's go back to the good portion. I look up the word good. The word good in that context that the Lord Jesus used it in. And the word good in the Greek is called agathos. And you spell it A-G-A-T-H-O-S. And it means of a good nature, useful, good, pleasant, agreeable, joyful, excellent upright and honorable. When the Lord Jesus chose the word good portion, when you put those words together and he said good portion, this is what he meant. And what we're learning as we study the word of God and as we get to know the Lord Jesus in greater measure is that when he uses words that on one level may seem very easy to to understand, very commonplace in terms of the use of the word good, there's always a greater meaning that the Lord Jesus does in his, when he chooses in his choice of words. He's very intentional. And the word of God, when we study it, when we meditate on it, we discover that about the Lord Jesus. He is the living word. He is the word of God. And when he speaks to us, though it seemed on the surface, when he used the word, the the term really, the good portion, that he just meant something that was not bad, it was good, there's a deeper meaning. And as I shared with you, the Greek, what it means in the Greek, good, we we are now aware of the deeper meaning of what Jesus said to Martha, and he's also speaking that to us today. 
talking about one thing. We are to choose the one thing that matters to the Lord Jesus. And that one thing is for us to be in his presence. That one thing is to sit at his feet so that he can teach us. And how we sit at the feet of the Lord Jesus today is through the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, the spirit that teach, leads, and guides us into all truth. And he is the one that goes and he hears what the Lord Jesus is speaking and he speaks it to us, talking about one thing. Now let's take a look at a, at a passage of scripture that gives us even greater meaning of who Jesus is and how important for us to know and to live this one thing. Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to read verses 13 through 17. And it's the NIV version of the scripture. And it reads, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In that passage of scripture, the Lord Jesus expounded opened up to his disciples who he is. And he began by asking the disciples, Who do people say? That the Son of Man is. See, Jesus began by asking his disciples, Who do the community, who do the people whom you come in contact with on a daily basis, maybe even in your family, your friends, your associates, the community, the society at large, say that the Son of Man is? Because if you get a picture of what those around you say about the Son of Man, then you will understand as you come in contact with them and as you share with them who the Son of Man is, how to approach them, how to share and open up to them who the Lord Jesus is. So he's asking them, who, who does the people in your family, who do they say I, the Son of Man, is? 
Let's start with the family. And he's also asking them, who do the people who are in the business community, who do they say that I am? Who in the government, what does the government, the people who you know that are in the government, what do they say that I am? Who do they say that I am? We're breaking this down in terms of our everyday interactions with others. Because the scripture is designed for us to apply it to ourselves. So that's that's the way Jesus is asking his disciples to answer that question. Begin with your own community. Who does the community say that I am? That's basically what he's saying. And they answer by saying, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, still others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. In other words, they're saying they don't know who you are. They're not clear as to who you are. My family is not clear as to who you are. The people in the business community aren't aren't clear on who you are. The government doesn't know who you are. Everyone has their own opinion of who the Son of Man is. And just like that was the case in the time that Jesus asked his question to his disciples, it's the case today. Ask yourself, everyone who's listening to the sound of my voice, listening to this message today, talking about one thing. Who do you say? No, let's not go to you yet. Who do the people around you say that the Lord Jesus is? Because that's where the Lord Jesus began. Who, the people in your family, who do they say Jesus is? The people who you come in contact each day in the business world, who do they say that the Lord of Jesus is? is? How is the Lord Jesus being portrayed in the media? How is he being portrayed in the schools? In our educational system, this is a very important question because how the people around you see the Lord Jesus would dictate how they live, would dictate how they respond to him, would even dictate how they respond to you. So the first question that Jesus was asking his disciples and the first question that I'm asking you today, similar to what Jesus is asking, is who do the people around you say that the Lord Jesus is? And the second question he asked them, he said, who do you say I am? So Jesus began by asking them about the people around them, the community, those that they interacted with, family members, etc. And his second question, which was even more far reaching, is who do you say that I am? And so I'm asking everyone today that same question. Who do you say? The Lord Jesus is. Because who you say that the Lord Jesus is will dictate and determine your destiny. Talking about one thing. See, what the Lord Jesus was speaking to Martha about the one thing that Mary has chosen is important. Because as we proceed and look deeper deeper and deeply into this passage of scripture, when the Lord Jesus is asking his disciples and asking us, who do we say that he is? He's asking us, are you focusing on the one thing? 
And that one thing is me, is what he's saying. That one thing is, am I the center of your life? Do you understand who I am? And when Peter spoke up and said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, that explains Jesus's response. He said to to Simon, first of all, he said, blessed are you. Simon, son of John, because he said, this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. In other words, you didn't receive this understanding through an education, through a conversation with another person, through your parents, through your friends and associates, through the community, which he asked them about previously. This all ties in together. You didn't receive this understanding based on that. Those people are those sources. You receive this understanding, this revelation. And when I'm speaking the word revelation, revelation only means it's something that's revealed to you, something that you didn't know before, something that uncovers, that's uncovered. So this revelation you receive from my father that is in heaven. So the Lord Jesus is saying to Simon Peter, and he's also saying to us, as a matter of fact, the cause of the revelation, he later on changed Simon Peter's name pretty much. Upon this rock, you are well. The revelation that Simon Peter shared upon this revelation, I will build my church. So, speaking to everyone who's listening to this message today, is this the one thing in your life? Is it received by revelation? It can only be received by revelation of who the Lord Jesus is. That one thing is the Lord Jesus and who He is, He is the center of everything. So Jesus says to Peter that he's blessed because of that, because he heard from his father, his heavenly father, Jesus's father and our father, as Jesus later taught his disciples when he taught them to pray, our father who's in heaven, reveal this revelation to Peter. And he's revealing it again to us today. What's important, the one thing, is that we know who the Lord Jesus is. And from the revelation of understand who the Lord Jesus is, everything else in our lives, everything else that we will face in life will come together. When we're in the center of his presence and in the center of the destiny that he has for our lives. In John chapter 10, verse 10, in the B clause, Jesus said that he has come that we will have life and have it more abundantly. See, Jesus' presence, and by us knowing that one thing, which is to be in his presence, he, through his presence, gives us life and gives it to us in more abundance, the abundant life, the Zoe life, the life in him and what it gives and what it brings. Jesus said in the scripture, in Matthew 16, he said, and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And he went on to say that he would give us the keys of the kingdom. See, only through his presence, 
Only through this one thing will we get the keys of the kingdom of God. And so we can bind things. Whatever we bind and we prevent on earth will be bound and prevent in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth will be loose and will be loosed in heaven. That's how important that we, we know that we are to be in his presence and what this one thing is. Talking about one thing. When Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, he said, I will build my ecclesia. He meant his ecclesia, his government, his way of governing, his governing body. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against his governing body, his people, his people that he has called for himself. Talking about one thing. In Luke chapter 8, verse 14, this is a, a parable where Jesus is describing when the word of God comes forth, when someone is proclaiming the word of God, when someone is sharing the word of God, and the response from those who are hearing it, from the listeners. I'm going to read Luke chapter 18, verse 14, and it's the New Living Translation version of the scripture, and it reads, The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. Did you hear that? The word of God when it's shared, it goes forth. But we who are hearers of the word, when that word goes forth, can respond in different ways. And this scripture describes a way that people respond in some cases. When it falls among the thorns, the people still hear the message. But quickly it says, the message is crowded out. And it's crowded out because even though people hear the word of God, the cares of this life, riches, people who are consumed with just making money, and those things that bring pleasure to them, that all tie into this life. Because even though when they hear the word of God, those things overcrowd the word of God. They're more consumed and concerned about the cares of this life and riches, getting riches and the pleasures that come out of this life, that they never mature in the things of God. They never mature. They stay the same way. And in some cases, they may even miss the Lord. Talking about that one thing. For those who do respond to the word of God and receive that one thing, as did Mary and as did David and as did the, the man who was born blind, I have good news for you. In the book of Romans, chapter 16, verse 19, and it's the English standard version of the scripture, it reads, For your obedience is known to all. So that I rejoice over you. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent to what is evil. Talking about one thing. 
for those who do receive the word of God and who do live it and who do understand that one thing. Paul writes here that it's very important that we are to be wise, show wisdom as to what is good, and to be innocent as to what is evil. Meaning that we should not be found in any instances in league with what is evil. Innocent when it comes to that. But show wisdom in what is good. I want to speak today to those who have heard this message today. One thing. And there was something about this message that stirred your heart. It's something about this message that drew you even closer to hear what the Lord is speaking. And you knew that the Lord Jesus was speaking to you. If you don't have a relationship with this God who is drawing you to himself and is beckoning you to come to him so that you can experience that one thing and that one thing is him. Repeat after after me, please. Heavenly Father, I thank you for allowing me to hear this message today, one thing, and I know that you are speaking to me. Thank you for loving me, God. Thank you for loving me enough to draw me to you today and draw me to your son, Jesus. I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead, and I believe that he died for me on the cross, and I believe that he took on all of my sins. And I ask you to save me today, Heavenly Father, and I thank you. Amen. Thank you for joining me today for Phyllis is a New Creation. And remember, Phyllis is a New Creation exists so that you will know how to apply the Word of God to your everyday life. Today's message, One Thing, was designed so that you would know that with everything that's going on in life today, in your life, in the lives of your family and friends and, and, and people that you don't even know very well, there is still that one thing that's important, and that's for you to know the Lord Jesus and to be in his presence and to trust him for your life. I want to thank everyone who have been open to the messages of Phyllis is a New Creation and have been listening to Phyllis is a New Creation. We have completed our 50th episode and I thank you for listening. I thank you for your support. And I ask you as you listen to Phyllis is a New Creation and if you are blessed and if it stirs something in your heart, please share it with other people because that's why we're here. Heavenly Father, thank you for drawing us here today to hear one thing and to know that that one thing is the Lord Jesus. I pray that every soul that's listening today would know that you love them and they would draw near to you, God, as you draw near to them. And that their lives will bring you glory, God. And you will open up, Lord, so many more things to them. You will give them greater revelation of who they are and who you have created them to be. Thank you, Lord for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your grace. Amen. Have a wonderful day.